everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Happy New Year! Here we are at the beginning of 2024 with our first episode. This one, we're going to be talking about a new show that debuted not only on Disney+, Plus but also on Hulu, and that is Echo, the five-episode series premiere. Uh, I am not aware of there being future plans for this of there being a second season i'm pretty sure it's only being called a series uh, or a mini series but um in a really interesting twist marvel uh, and disney released all five episodes at the exact same time uh, on the exact same day last week and uh you know marvel zombie like me i wanted to see those episodes right away and uh, I'd actually made a, a very solemn promise and vow to watch them with my cousin. And uh, we had this whole, we had the night all geared up and ready. We we're like, all right, you know, we're going to get off work at this time. Let's do it. Uh, and then it was revealed that the episodes didn't actually come out until 8 p.m. my time on that night. And I was thinking, man, I don't am I going to be able to make it? And uh, I say that as someone who, and I don't know if anyone else has this same problem, um, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I love sleep. I enjoy getting a good night's rest. I mean, I know there's a lot of health benefits to that as well, but uh, I go to bed early some nights, earlier uh, earlier than most, and so I was nervous. Am I going to be able to, to keep it up the entire, uh, the entire time? And I did. We watched the entire thing and, uh, you know, flew through it. Um, so, you know, safe to say the show itself uh, was excellent. Um, had a lot of fun watching it, and so we're going to dive into that. I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna go over the show itself, kind of overall thoughts on the show. I'll kind of give a brief explanation of the show as well. Um, there's not a crazy amount of spoilers, but there's some pretty cool things, uh, and then we'll talk about the characters too. So uh, again, may not be as long as some of the other episodes, just due to the the shorter nature, and not not just short in terms of five episodes. Um, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, the episodes themselves are also a little short. Season finale runs at 37 minutes, and that's with credits, so it's more like 30 minutes, 31 minutes. Um, overall, I think the entire project, uh, math-wise, is right around three hours, so it's not a huge time commitment, and like I said, for those of you maybe on the fence, I would say check it out, because it's worth it, especially if you were a fan of Maya, uh, from the first, um, you know, appearance of her in Hawkeye, uh, then yeah, you'll definitely want to follow this around. So, um, overall thoughts, like I said, I thought this was a really fun series. Uh, this is the first Marvel spotlight series. And so they're calling them. And so there's a brand new, you know, opening, um, which was pretty interesting. Uh, kind of cool, kind of like a spotlight, I guess you could say. <laughs> I, I think I knew what they were doing there. Uh, but they, uh, you know, it's it's supposed to to highlight stories where you don't need to know anything about the Marvel universe. You can come in cold. And I'm thinking to myself, I I understand them wanting to do that with this film. Um, they they needed to do it with or this series. They needed to do it with something. They wanted to create this uh this blueprint, this print of uh, spotlight. But you know they couldn't just throw it on really anything. And so I think they thought. You know, this show, yes, it connects to Hawkeye, but it, in and of itself, doesn't really connect to the Marvel Universe, I guess you could say. 
but at the same time for anyone um, who has seen it already there's more connecting this show than some of the others and so here's here's what i'll say about that my i think i've said this before on the episodes when i heard spotlight series i thought to myself why didn't they do why didn't they premiere that with moon knight because moon knight has zero connections to the mcu not a single thing not in the post credit scenes um, not in any any piece of the show. I mean, there's a couple of mentions of like the astral plane, right? When you you know when uh, um, what's her name Tawedit is uh, talking about that or talking about the uh, I don't maybe it's the ancestral plane wherever from Black Panther. Um, but this show directly references Hawkeye, Kingpin's in it, Daredevil's in it. So when you're talking to me about connecting to the MCU, I'm thinking to myself. You should have done that with Moon Knight. And I mean, I'm sure there's probably one or two other properties that they've done that they could have called that as well. But here we are. We're here. We've got it. Um, So that's my spotlight thoughts. Show itself, though, um, just a really cool Native American representation as well. Um, I really enjoyed that. I always love a really good Native American story, um, especially, uh, you know, anytime we can capture something either in the past, um, as we saw in What If?, or something in the present day, which you're seeing here, um, I think it's really cool, especially in understanding other cultures. And and this is one of those, you know, the reservation culture. Um, it just it was really interesting, both from the perspective of those characters, but then also from the perspective of Maya, who's coming in kind of cold turkey because she was taken away from her family when she was young, as alluded to in Hawkeye. Um, and I will say with that in mind, the longest episode is the first one, but that episode also has a ton of time dedicated to catching the viewer up from Hawkeye. So from that spotlight perspective, if you had not seen Hawkeye before and you, you say, I just want to go into this show cold, can I do it? 100% you can. Um, you know, there are scenes taken straight from Hawkeye that are put into this episode with no previously on. This is just the way the show is structured, which I thought was very interesting and powerful. I think that can help them in the future, but it's also something you got to be careful with because it brought to mind, um, trying to think of some of the, the infamous films that used to do this, uh, like Planet of the Apes, I believe did this, um, multiple ones where uh, might have been Saw too. I think Saw did this, where essentially like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie is just a recap of the prior films, and you don't want that. Certainly not in a TV show either. Um, but beyond that, again, I thought it was great um, from a character perspective. Like I said, Kingpin. Um, we'll talk about we can talk about him. Vincent D'Onofrio, phenomenal. He did a great job. We got some new sort of. Uh, sneak peeks into the mind of a maniac uh, which is just it's going to be very interesting to see how that moves going forward and obviously he plays a big part in the series uh, in the post credit scene which we'll see if I can just maybe wait till the very end to talk about that so we don't do spoilers but Vincent Nafrio is great um, we got Daredevil is in this as well our own uh, Matt Murdock Charlie Cox um, and he, you know, spoilers or not, he's only in one episode of the show, and he's only in that episode for the briefest amount of, of time. Uh, and it's a it's it's good enough for me. I I thought his his entrance in the show made tons of sense, um, but it was also it not only highlighted that you don't need to have seen other things before from a pure entertainment perspective. To just I think there's a lot of people out there that can recognize Daredevil. And so when you see him to be like, holy cow, Daredevil's in this? And then again, only in it for a little bit. But 
Um, there's just there's that magic of the comic books where superheroes can bounce in and out of each other's stories, and this really felt like that. Um, and especially you know with him having such close connections to the Kingpin, it only makes sense that he would end up uh, getting you know coming up against Echo. Not not only that, but happening it to be exactly when she becomes who she's currently gunning to be this uh, anti-hero type villain and and that was honestly th- there's a we'll talk about favorite scenes too but that you know that's probably one of them for sure is that opening scene opening fight where the fight itself kind of shows you Maya's mentality and uh, where she's going and that moment the moment and it's it's right there there's there's even a little bit of a meaty crunch with it but there's a there's a moment that goes from her kind of being a, a bystander to her being involved in Kingpin's business. And uh, I found that really cool. Um, we'll talk about some of the other scenes later. So um, with that in mind, let's let's dive into to her. So we got Alakwa Cox playing Maya Lopez again. Um, just a phenomenal performance, uh, you know, to, to follow her and to see, especially from this villain perspective where she, you know, starting the show off is a villain. Um, she was a villain in Hawkeye. She's obviously been roped into the wrong crowd, but at some point you become what you are or what you're doing, and uh, and that's what happens to her. And so um, to see her outer exterior soften, to see her slowly kind of come back down from the, uh, I don't know if you'd call it an emotional high, but she certainly is dedicated to becoming the queen pin as she calls it at one point and uh she i mean if she's got one thing going for her she is dedicated and so i think to see that to see her fully kind of embracing that again you know maybe not in the best way but she does just goes to show you exactly who she is but then as those layers kind of peel away throughout the episodes um shalakwa just does such a great job of conveying that emotion on her face uh, in little movements and, and just the smallest uh, twitch of something on her face. Uh, because mo- a lot of times she's just very stoic and very serious face because she's not messing around. And uh, as, you know, the warmth starts to come in, the love of family starts to come in, we slowly see that exterior soften, which was fantastic. Also, her fighting is amazing. Um, so here's here's the funny thing, too. We'll call this out as well. I loved that the majority of this cast is from a combination of and and there'd be i'd love to see the venn diagram of this of echo crossed over wind river slash yellowstone uh and then over uh killers of the flower moon and then over reservation dogs um, because we got a lot of uh, a lot of all three, and you know, you could even if you wanted, you could probably even throw Twilight in there because we did get we get Chask Spencer as Henry Black Crow Lopez. He was, uh, you know, in terms of stealing the show, he's the one who stole the show for me, and I I don't know what it was about him. I think it's just the way he acted was so good. Um, I loved his arm mo. Any time that he was signing, it just everything about him felt very frenetic. And uh, just it came off as highly like high anxiety, but also extreme heart at the same time. It's really hard to explain it, but I just when I he, whenever he was on screen, I couldn't take my eyes off him. Um, just to see like wow, this guy's kind of like a mob boss a little bit, but at the same time, he loves Maya. And this was cool too to just watch her come back to her family and 
all of them dealing with that differently of like, wow, she's been gone for, it's like 10, maybe 20 years. Um, just crazy. So there's that aspect to it. Um, so again, you know, they're right. You got your twilight call out there, but you also have Graham green in it as Scully. Who's, um, Alakwa's grandfather, um, who's also from twilight, but he's also in, I believe killers of the flower moon. He's also in wind river, uh, and I think he's also in Yellowstone as well. Uh, but regardless, he does a great job. He was very funny, um, brought a lot of heart to it, a lot of levity. Um, and also he, he, him and Tantu Cardinal, who plays Chula, the uh, uh, grandmother, um, who's also from Killers of the Flower Moon and Wind River. And uh, they made a great couple both together in the beginning and then also apart later on. And so there's a lot of really uh, nuanced uh, relationships in this series as well. Um, obviously with the struggles of um, you know a lot of Native American culture, um, the town being torn apart, things like that. Um, it is just really powerful to see that portrayed on screen, especially from Chula uh, and how the marriage of her daughter with William Lopez um, kind of affected her, uh, which was just very interesting. Um, we've got Devery Jacobs, who plays Bonnie, who is essentially like Alakwa's cousin, sort of, slash sister. Um, Devery Jacobs played Cohorty in uh, What If, who is also Native American ancestor. Um, we get some glimpses of Cohorty in the show uh, from colors, pools of water, things like that, but no outright mention of her or showing of her, though, again, man, the way they, they, they craft the ancestors in this show. Oh, I just, I needed more of that. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, but Devery Jacobs is also in Reservation Dogs. Uh, and then we've got Cody Lightning, who's playing Biscuits, who it sounds like Biscuits is everyone's fan favorite as well. Um, or one of the fan favorites, I guess you could say. Um, also a cousin, I think, of uh, of Alakwa, of Maya Lopez. Um, he was fine. I thought he was very cute. He was very endearing. Um, like I said, though, I think I think Chask Spencer stole the show for me. Um, so beyond that, the other thing I wanted to talk about with this is, and, and found this just absolutely fascinating, uh, all five of the episodes are named after all five of Maya's ancestors. First episode is Chaffa who is like one of the first beings in Cherokee culture. And um, really cool to see that, to see the whole birth of Cherokee culture, um, to hear that it was so closely tied to the actual origin stories was even cooler. Um, but man, just the, the concepts that they had there was great. Second episode's Lowak, who is the next one in line, who I believe is... Um, she's like a oh she's the one who plays lacrosse and so man she was nuts um she was absolutely crazy in terms of just total badass um ancient times ancient indians um god i just if i could go i'd love to go back and watch that that episode because um what an interesting fight to see her dealing with um i don't know just it there's a really cool thing with the show that some of the other marvel shows have done too like miss marvel that just show you the power of your ancestry and how every decision, every, you know, maybe it's not every, every little thing, but there's a lot of moments in everyone's life that when you make this decision, this, it has ripple effects on your ancestry. And so you look at how hard of a fighter Lowak was uh, in trying to prove herself and how that drives Maya now today and how had she not done some of those things back then maybe Maya wouldn't even exist um episode three Tuklo 
this is like uh, during um, cowboys sort of times, I guess you could say the Wild West. Um, she is an expert marksman. Um, her husband, who I didn't catch, it was either husband or her brother. Um, he's also in Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which was great uh, to see. Um, but both of them, those were played by Morningstar Angeline and Danny McCallum. Um, they did a great job as well. Again, just to see these, you know, past pieces. Uh, and I just want to double check here to see if any of them are going to get a call out for being in any of these other shows. But no, they're not. Um, and then the last episode, or and then we got Taloa, who is Maya's mom, who we find out has healing hands. And so she uses a hand gesture that I think is... Um, identical to i'd i'd done the i thought about it and i was going to mention it but she does this hand motion that i was like i swear i've seen this hand motion before and i think it uh it's from something it's from some sort of supernatural show i don't know if it's from vampire diaries or what but um it's like a hashtag with her hands but she can use that to heal people and so we start to see this spiral that um shows up in her hands maya has this and we start to find out where her power is coming from and we start to see she's getting new powers from her ancestry and it's explained to her as each of these ancestors are echoing through her that maya is an echo of these ancestors and man even saying that out loud gives me chills uh it's just the coolest bit of story and so then we get to the the finale and we see all of that come together in such a powerful way. I was just, I was blown away. Um, it made this show incredibly special. I can't wait to watch it again. And um, yeah, so like I said, I mean, if you're on the fence about this, it's just, it's a good story. There's some great action. It's also TVMA. So um, a little bit more on the mature side. I don't know exactly where, besides in some of the fights. Um, I'm going to have to look again, but it just, it wasn't as violent as I thought it was going to be, but maybe that's just because I'm used to like a John Wick level of violence. And so maybe it was pretty violent, but, um, certainly that first episode, I can see why, um, uh, issues, issues with this show, not too many, um, but I do have some, um, it could have been longer. Um, one more episode would have been perfect. Uh, if not, they should have just added some time to each of these episodes, uh, you know, digging into Maya's past a little bit more, um, not having things feel rushed as much. Um, there's, you know, there's characters that are kind of forgotten at points, like Devery Jacobs' character, Bonnie, disappears for like a whole episode, and then suddenly she's back and safe. There's just, there's moments like that where if you're really looking at it, there's some issues like that that they, they could have and should have addressed, and I think this is one of the last pandemic shows of Marvel. This actually might be the last one, if anything, all that would be left is Agatha, which I'm sure they're still working on, and it's, you know, pandemic's over at this point, so, um, and the the strikes, all of that. I don't know if that necessarily affected this, but um, we're, on, we're on fresh new playing ground, I would, I would say, at this point. Now that this show's out, it is a fresh space. All of the shows, all the movies, everything that's coming at this point is all, you know, it's no excuses at this point, and so again, I, I still think this show is great. Um, could have been better, yeah, but, you know, there's so many shows that could have been better, so I don't want to harp on the, the negative um, spots around it, um, but, it, you know, could, there's always room for improvement. It's it, it's going to be right there in the middle of my, my shows. I think I put it right above um, maybe, like, Falcon the Winter Soldier and She-Hulk, um, kind of right in that area, but no, so like I said, r- highly recommend it. It's on Disney+, Plus. it's on Hulu, um, and uh, like I said, that post credit scene 
that scene uh, is certainly setting up some stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk some spoilers. So if you don't want to not want to be spoiled, um, feel free to end the episode now. I'm just going to talk about the ending and uh, favorite scenes. So um, favorite scenes already mentioned the one uh, that opening fight. Holy cow. Uh, also the ending fight when all of her ancestors kind of come into her and give her power and then also kind of the story of her suit and the new suit she gets I thought was really great Um, we get to see a couple of other call outs to her comic book throughout the show that I really liked I can't pinpoint the exact moments I just know there are spots where I was like yes whether that was a design in the jacket or getting to see the handprint on her face again um I, like I said, any any scene that had Henry in it, I really liked. I just I, I appreciated the relationship she had. Oh man! Also, the conversation that she has with her grandmother when when they finally bury the hatchet was uh, powerful, incredibly powerful. And learning about what happened to her mom, and essentially again, just all of those tiny little moments that each and every person in her path, you know, from her ancestry. All of the work that they did to get her exactly where she's at right now. And for her to be in the shoes that she's in by the end of this as well um, was really, really cool. Uh, And then the other scene, there are pieces I really like. I loved Wilson Fisk's attempt at communicating with his surrogate daughter through a very advanced AI that essentially allows Maya to see him signing and then allows him to hear um, her speak. In a, in a way so she can sign and this thing kind of you know interprets it in a sense that was really cool and and you know one of those things where i was like man i wish we could all have that um but then at the same time it was very funny because he's the only person in the show that didn't bother to learn sign language and uh, he kind of knows a little bit of it as well but i was like man hey you know he's super rich i get it he's a villain you know it it, it was a really great character you know piece character element to show um but yeah no so th- those were the big ones um like i said there really isn't too much other stuff connecting to the mcu so there's not much more to talk about that behind the end credit scene which after maya defeats kingpin and uses her healing some of her healing powers to make him listen to himself inside his head to see what he's been through uh, and i think he kind of refuses he's like no but he's, he's clearly shaken up uh, and on the flight back he hears that you know there's there's they're looking for some strong muscle to join the mayor's race in new york and so that's essentially where it's left which is you know straight from the comics of wilson fisk becoming mayor of new york city uh, which leads to a ton of crazy storylines a lot of really great work there we could really get that down-to-earth street level thanos Um, kingpin could certainly you know fill that role i think in some some respects but that's where the show's left and for now we're now in uh we're in the drought so we've got nothing, absolutely nothing until July. Yeah, I know we've, we might be getting a couple animated movie, animated shows, might be getting a Madam Web um, in February, which honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Madam Web. I think it's becoming a Barbenheimer for me. Uh, I, I saw a tease of the costumes. I saw this really weird um, marketing uh, kind of video that I think uh, Dakota Johnson made that I was like, I don't there's just some things about this where I was like this seems like it's very quickly turning into a cult movie and I'm always here for that hey I went opening day I think opening night I did went and saw Morbius in uh, XD or at that time it would have been Dolby 
Um, so I'm going to be doing the same for Madam Web. But <clears throat> when it comes to the MCU, we really don't have anything until July. So um, get ready to rewatch some stuff. The Marvels is coming out on streaming here soon. Um, we've got some other really great stuff coming. DC is going to have some stuff as well. Um, but that's where we're at. So for comics and cinema, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and uh, we will see you at the movies. Thank you.